just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. (laughs) And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the latest edition of the Robin Callie Show. I'm Callie Oppert here with my dear brother from another mother. Robbie Kay, good evening, darling. What's up, girly? What's up, world? <laughs> How's it going? Welcome, everybody, to talkradio.nyc. Welcome to another edition of the Robin Kelly Show. There's a lot of energy going on here today. There is. There's a lot of stuff happening here. We, we were buzzing in here. There's a lot of electricity going. We, we have a guest. <laughs> She's so boring <laughs> that I don't know what we're going to talk about the whole I show. I am a little worried. And don't I, tell her. That's a joke. So it's, it's going to be a very good show. If, yeah, we found out her brother's a little... In- Am I allowed to? Say, I don't even know. I'm a little, little in love. So yep. that's kind. I'm kind of beaming from that story. I'm sweating. There's a lot of like a lot You're of energy. Schwitzing. I'm schwitzing. It's, it's Mercury retrograde also, which right. is sort of um, doesn't feels counter to everything that we're talking about. Yeah. So maybe Mercury retrograde's off to a good start. Uh, do you pay yeah. attention to the Mercury retrograde? I I do. I do. You know, I just kind of notice the energy shift a little. Um, just want to welcome everybody. If you want to call in, the number is 877-480-4120. And yeah, we're here for another show. I wanted to sing a song to open the oh, show. All right. Okay, excellent. So I was singing the song in the shower today <laughs> and I changed the words for tonight's show. Okay, oh, ready? Ready. All right. Sitting down. Baby, did you ever wonder, wonder <laughs> whatever became of me? I'm living on the air in New York City. Oh, my God. New York City, talkradio.myc. I'm on talkradio.myc in New York City. Wow. Very nice. I think we need some applause. I'm going to clap really for myself. That for kicked yourself. ass. That was really nice. Thank I you. Really, um, congratulations, Sam, who didn't even know he had a new... Uh, a new um, promo song for the radio station. That's right. So well, that's you really remember nice. that show. Of course I do. D- yeah. WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah. right? So I was like, I'm going to change the words. I like that. That was nice. Thanks. I underestimated you and I shouldn't have done that. Sorry. I, I laughed before I should have. No, you always really laugh because you know it's going to be great. <laughs> and I appreciate more laughter. So thanks. I also want to say, I'm just sent, um, just uh, handed over the list because, you know, we like to talk about the global map of um, listeners just for fun to see who's tuning in tonight. So right now we have Korea, Australia, Vietnam, Mongolia, China. Oh, maybe our guests, the, maybe the word got out. And the United States, of course. So um, our gratitude for everybody that's tuning in to listen to us tonight. It's awesome. We love global <laughs> listeners. We do love global We love listeners. metropolitan listeners. We love country listeners. And we love global listeners. Yeah. So welcome, everybody. Yeah, we do. So how's your week been? I feel like I haven't seen you in a while. It's been so good. I'll tell you what I've been doing. I've been taking walks on the Hudson River. And it's like so good to be out in the sun, getting you know sweaty and just feeling a good walk by the river there, being out in some nature. That's been great. And the other thing that's been great is, um, you know, I don't talk about this a lot in the show, but sometimes I get this rash on my face. And someone told me that if I, I just dr- came up with the worst joke, why you said, did like, you? You know, when someone says you have a face for radio. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, that, yeah, that's I guess sort of so. A, some day, sort of some joke. days I do have a face for radio. <laughs> but actually, so somebody said to me lately that what would help is to drink more water, mm. and that has been helping so much. It's amazing. Like smart water, New Zealand water, whatever. It's like pH balance, and <laughs> that's been helping a lot. So I, I'm so I, glad. I'm looking pretty good lately. You are looking pretty handsome tonight. You Thank always you. do to me, though. Thank you. So so how about you? How was your week? What's going on? Um, my week. What's been? I actually took a nice walk by the Hudson River. I've been doing a lot of nature. I've had a little too much, um, little too much fire energy, a little too much pit, pitta, as the Ayurvedics would say. Uh, a lot of, like a lot of extra energy that has no place to go. Right. Um, it's sort of like spring fever in the summertime. I don't yeah. know exactly what's going on with me. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time in nature, which is always my 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 thing. Lots of like long bike rides and hikes, and mm. I had a wonderful getaway two getaways actually up to uh woodstock new york to hang out with hippies and musicians and be in the woods and eat nice food and um swimming holes and just you know kind of commune with with all the things that i love so that's been really great Mm -hmm. um and even well this is a whole other sidebar but 
was lucky enough to enjoy a personal invitation to um, the Big Pink, which is, if you're a Bob Dylan fan, um, sort of an iconic house that's up in uh, Sagrities, the Woodstock area, about two hours outside of New York City. And um, That was the inspiration for John Cougar Mellencamp's Pink Houses, by the way. <laughs> Just let everybody Sure know. it was. Sure. <laughs> um, it could be Everybody enough. knows that. <laughs> it's, you know, and you then, have to be a And Dylan then Dylan fancy. was like, wow, great song. <laughs> oh, wow. That's funny. That's good. Um, anyway. Or you don't know really I can do Dylan? <laughs> I just, I never really do. Callie, you look so great tonight. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, it's been it's been nice. It's been nice. Good. Really good, good getaways. Yes. Good, good, good. Um, completely. Just in being in denial of real life. That's really what it's about. You know, really part, of, that. part of real life is denial. So, you're <laughs> filling that quotient for denial. I am. I absolutely am. There you go. So shall we introduce our guest tonight? I think we Are shall. Ready she's to ready to jump out no, of her chair. Is, I know. She's, and she's like she's raring to, to go. She's, she's well, like, she's when are girl. you going to let me talk? <laughs> All right. I'm actually amazed that you've lasted this long without chiming in. Because you look at you being so cute and respectful. It's so cute. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm really excited about this one. Um, first of all, it's our first female guest for our Real Interesting People series. So we're very happy about that. I don't think we could have come up with a better, exam- a better representative um, for many reasons. Um, Dr. Marie Volpe is my neighbor. She and her brother and um, live in the same building as I do in New Jersey. And she's an adjunct professor at the Columbia University um, Teachers College. But that's just on paper. I mean, I always look at you as a force of nature fun. and someone. <laughs> do you say fun or fine? Fun, fun. and fun. And, <clears throat> and somebody who, given that you're in your... I guess I'm a, we're going to talk age tonight, right? So I can reveal? Yeah. Um, so at the age of 79, going on the spirit of like a 25-year-old, somebody that I've learned from and observed and admired in the, all you know, for the, I guess, 10 or 12 years that I've known you. And so we just thought it would be really great to have you to talk about your life, most specifically about sort of the twists and turns of navigating the twists and turns of life, what it's like to kind of look in the rear view mirror when you're um, in your golden years, I guess, as they'd call it. If we were, if we're gonna, she's cringing, but just so do, for the people that don't because know you, because I look so young, you do look so damn young. Um, and she does, it's pretty right? incredible. I know, yeah. and you're you're a, you're a spitfire at the age of you know, just on um, at 79 years All right old, already with the age. Let's, spit, <laughs> let's spit it out. So, before I stop blathering, I just want to say that the way we met. Just to give it, just to characterize our friendship, was um, there's a lovely pool at our building, which in and of itself is a scene that's only it's only open during the summertime, and it collects a a lot of activity and a lot of conversations and gossip and all kinds of funny things. And we met because you were trying to help me pick up a really cute French guy in a speedo who was visiting a mutual friend who lived in our building. That's how we met. Do you remember? Hello. Yes. Yeah. I'll never forget the speedo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you remember? She you remember was like, "Thank God for the '70s." <laughs> <laughs> well, you can. It was a perfect game of like yeah. gay or European is really what it right, was, right? right? So, do you remember that? Well, first yeah, of all, yeah. so I want we want to welcome you, so Doctor Marie Volpe, to Dr. the Marie show. Volpe. Welcome. Oh, welcome. Thank you so much. When you can just it, get a little closer to the mic. It's too. my pleasure to be here tonight. It's our pleasure to have my, you. Welcome. So, do you remember that? Do you remember how? Because that, to me, that was my first impression. Who is this woman with these cojones who's like, who doesn't even know me? Doesn't this guy doesn't live in our building? And you're trying to make a little love match go on there. But that's what life's about, you know. Always helping the the underdog, <laughs> the romantic <laughs> underdog. <laughs> I think that is our first snort on the show. <laughs> I think that is Sorry. great. Welcome aboard, so Marie. Unladylike. It. No, it's great. The more okay. the, the more snorting, the more fun we're having. It's great. I love that the, the the underdog. It's true. Actually, you probably you probably have helped a lot of people. You, of course, you have. I know you have. But I don't want to get too into that before we sort of set up your story. So where do we start? Where do we start with? Um, you know, I mean, I just. I so feel, what yeah. happened to the Frenchman? Well, we um, we hung out a little bit. We actually went on a date or two while he. It was a very short period of time that he was 
that he was in our area, like staying with a friend down the street or visiting one of our neighbors or something. Ultimately, nothing really came of it. And I, w- and I remember when he left to go back to France, I was heartbroken because I really was very fond of the time that we'd spent together. He was adorable. Ugh. Christophe, so I think. Handsome. So mm. handsome. And then you tried to steal him from me. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Marie being her shy self. <laughs> I, I found his brother and I took both of them. They were young. <laughs> oh, so you added them. You added them to put them together. They, they needed to be learned. Yeah. <laughs> so where should we? I mean, you have such an interesting story, you know. Oh. That I've well, I find your story interesting. You're just it's being modest. very long. It is long. <laughs> where should we start with your story? I mean, I think that you know, growing up in New Jersey, right? Um, three brothers, the only girl, tr- pretty traditional Italian family. You being like the force that you were, I'm going to guess that you didn't start out as like your quintess, like sort of your stereotypic nice little Italian girl. Were you I always a fireball? An, I was not Cut, an closer, a, a little closer. I was not an Italian princess. <laughs> Far from it. I was um, uh, the Italian uh, helper, doer, uh, cleaner dancer, everything. Um, I worked in the store. I took care of my brothers. I ironed. I wish I had a dollar for every shirt I ironed. I'd be a wealthy woman. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God they're not wearing them Oh, wearing the shirts that you have to iron anymore? Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, I I grew up in the back of a fruit and vegetable market, and um, and I helped my mom and dad, and... uh, the fruit and vegetable market around the 1970s fell on hard times and because all of a sudden people were no longer going to those little markets we had now the advent of something called supermarkets right and we had um frozen food Oh my God! We were raised on that stuff. Yes, Swanson. Right. Swan, I was just going to say Remember Swanson. Remember that TV dinners? dinners? Oh these yeah. These are the days. What? These are the what? What is it? Oh, that, that, no, means, that, that, that means we have two minutes before a commercial. Right. You're oh. just you're just responding to oh, okay. Sam's little cue oh, okay. that we forgot to tell you about right. earlier. Oh. You're doing. Go ahead. Um, okay. Anyway, so you know the store, this fruit and vegetable market that served us well during the war and after the war, the second world. We had a war, folks. I don't know. Some of you may not have heard about that. <laughs> so Some of a, us aren't. So there's this thing called a war that happened. <laughs> yeah. And anyway, so um, we won the war and it was very prosperous in the United States and that's why things burgeoned the supermarkets and the frozen food and those kinds of things and we fell on hard times mm. and so you know i always had two or three jobs i was uh, you know the world's worst waitress <laughs> i was a cocktail waitress in love with the drummer in the band and the drinks would fall on the dance floor you know that kind of stuff and um you know um uh, but um even though we grew up at that time poor um we didn't know we were we always had plenty of food and Plenty of fun and pl- and a lot of love in our family, so it was a good life. Uh, it was a hard life, but it was a good life. So then, at seventeen, um, a customer came in the store, and she worked for Standard Oil. Can you imagine uh, oh, that? Oh, okay. And she said, "I can give your daughter a job." <laughs> which was really great because I had just um, graduated high school and I, I began what turned out to be a 35-year career in Exxon, which later, Standard Oil later became Exxon. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, right. So I didn't realize that. And I started from the very, very lowest job you could imagine. My job was to give out paper towel not paper towels linen towels to people because again in the early 60s this was the day before paper towels there was a time before paper towels mm-hmm. and my job was <laughs> to you, give it to people and you're here to remind us 
So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna um, we're gonna go to break because we're just getting we're just getting into the sort of nuts and bolts of your yeah. So when we come back, we're gonna um, learn what it was like for you as a woman working in that company that was very male dominated, very conservative. How you found your way through it and how your story kind of evolves from there. Um, We will be right back. She said something. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. We have a great guest tonight, Dr. Marie Volpe in the studio. Her brother Phil's here. Callie's here. I'm here. We got Sam on the board. Sam's got this mischievous grin as we like came back from break because we have no idea what we're gonna talk about in a way. Marie is so interesting. So if you want to call in the numbers 877-480-4120. And Marie, one thing that Callie told me about you is that you know you have never been ordinary. You've always sort of marched to the beat of your own drum, been your own person. Part of that we were talking about before break, that you were, it sounds like, maybe one of the first women employees at Exxon. Well, uh, I was, uh, dear listeners, <laughs> I don't want to bring you through all those long decades that I suffered through, but survived. <laughs> um I, but I do want to say um, a recurring theme of my life has been not to be ordinary and to be different. And I understood quickly in this WASPy, WASPy organization. Do you all know what WASPy is? Raise your hands. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh look at that. Even the wasps are raising their hands. Yeah. White Anglo-Saxon <laughs> Protestant organization that didn't think much of a little feisty Italian short, unlike their long-stemmed blonde wives and daughters. So I didn't belong. Right away, I could say I didn't belong. I, um, I spoke like I came from New Jersey, which I did. Um, and uh, we were in Rockefeller Center. They, they, you wouldn't have gone over big either. <laughs> I'm still not going over big a lot of places. I beat to my own drummer as well, but hey, we're, not, we're not talking but about that. But the lesson I learned, Rob, was that um, you can be as different as you're perceived to be competent. What mm. do I mean mm. by that? If you're competent and you know your stuff, and you do your stuff, and you work harder than anybody else, and you never look sideways. When you're managing your career, you only look straight ahead. You don't know where the hell you're going, but you just look straight ahead, and you don't look sideways. Oh, so-and-so's gotten a promotion and I didn't get it. As soon as you do that, you lose track of your own direction and your own goal. So I I somehow instinctively knew that. And I knew that that working in the store that I started to tell you about before, that work ethic, that unloading all those um, fruits and vegetables off the truck, you know, made me understand the value and the importance of working hard. And um, so therefore, I could be different. Hmm. I could be outrageous on Friday nights. And the I can't imagine out. that. Can you? <laughs> yeah, I, Marie, I what on <laughs> earth are you talking same, about? But you know, but at the same time, it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, um, dealing <laughs> with your love life um, in those days, because if you're going to be an uh, uh, an out there woman, you know, men in there, you, the men who are you're like kind of your fathers, nah, your grandfathers and your uncles, they didn't want women who had an opinion. I found that out because <laughs> I, I lived in Houston for 10 years and almost got railroaded out of there. But anyway. Um, They're like, we can't take this feisty Italian yeah, check. Yeah, yeah. Like, sure, we just, really we don't know what else to do. I get, She's I trying kept, to change everybody. Yeah, I kept getting transferred. But I want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to this. <laughs> Come on, this I, but is you were my still life. 
life, it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you were still climbing the ranks while you were getting transferred. I mean, you were climbing well, the yeah. ranks, to, right? Yes, well, I, I started out, you know, I was giving out the paper towels and I went to the file room the, and the typing room and the, the, you know, work for 10 guys and all that kind of thing. And I worked my way up the ladder. Yeah. And all the way, all the while, I was funny and raucous and did and said whatever came into my mind. I got thrown out of the best offices. Rugs <laughs> <laughs> on the floor, everything I got thrown out. <laughs> anyway, so, um, but if you deliver, you see, you can't fake it. You can't just be outrageous or different. Yeah. Right. You have to have, you have to be different with substance. Yeah. Right? Oh, but that's me, nice. There's a, but let me write that down. <laughs> let's say, let's, somebody take, somebody, yeah. take, somebody oh, write yeah. that down. But and you know your what? Name is? <laughs> yeah, how quickly we forget how, what my name is over here. Um, but, you know, to that point, because I, I can relate to that, and I definitely think that, that um, it's well said and it's true that people, you kind of get away with a lot more if you're solid and you're competent. But I, what I, my question to you, because I'm just trying to relate to my own personal mm-hmm. experience with my career, is that it's taken me a really long time to even embrace my differentness. So I was always trying to sublimate it and hide it. And it seems like you were always really out there and embracing and accepting of it that you never well, look, even judged yourself, right? Isn't But <laughs> if you don't look like them and don't have this don't come from the same background and have you have to learn, you know, basic Oh, basic behaviors, etiquette, and that kind of stuff. I didn't even know how to spell it. Um, then, then you can't pretend to be them. Yeah. So you have to be you. Yeah. And and it's so great that you know talk about being ahead of your time. What an evolved person you were back then to even realize that yeah. stuff. So so very few men wanted to deal with me. Yeah, Sam, am I right? <laughs> Thumbs up for, our, for a listening audience. Just to, just to let everybody know, we have a new executive producer of the show. Her name's Dr. Marie Volpe. Sam is he's he runs the um he's behind the screen and he has headphones and he points and and he does the thing with his neck, you know, like cut and uh, stop talking and that stuff. But anyway, um, so those these men, uh, only few, only a very few men in my life would allow me to be me. Because this was a, the insistence that I should be consistent with their notion of, of what a woman is, should be. Or should act like, rather. Yeah. Do you remember a time while you were working there, or even after, because we're going to get into your academic career, do you remember a time where you faced a turning point in your life and you were like, I could sell out and be somebody else, but I'm going to stay true to myself and be who I am. Do you remember that? Or you always were like, no, I'm just going to keep being Marie, keep oh. being who you were. Yeah, because it doesn't sound like you struggled with that. But like, was there a moment, that defining moment, right? That's well, what you, yeah. I don't know if this answers the question, but because I was so out there, um, I, I, the president of the company took note of me. I don't know. I wonder why. Yeah, I broke something or who knows. But anyway, in his office. uh, Anyway, um, so it was at the end of the Vietnamese War. And so um, uh, Exxon, by that time it was Exxon, um, they had... um, they had a search and rescue program uh, because they had a lot of Vietnamese employees who were in Vietnam as the North Vietnamese was um, invading South Vietnam. And my, he called me into his office. He said, I need you to go find our people. Mm. Oh, Jesus, how am I going to do that? Scared. Um, uh, well, we want you to go out, and I found 80 Vietnamese families in wow. five different refugee camps, and I spent a year, do, a year and a half doing that, and it was then, and I was terrified on the plane going out there saying, jeez, oh, how am I going to find them? Now, this might be inappropriate to say, because I worried because they all look alike, you know? 
We love being inappropriate. Oh, okay. <laughs> and we have Completely. a dark sense of humor, and everyone That's knows right. we're actually oh, okay. full of love. So That's right. anyway, around here, I had it was a defining moment. I was the happiest person in the world. I got set up in beautiful hotel accommodations at each refugee camp nearby, and yet, and then when I went to camp. I, I'd rather be with the people. And that was a defining, happy moment, a, a moment in time in my life when I understood the joy of helping others, really. And we would sit under a tree, and I would tell these people, these Vietnamese who, who managed to escape, I would tell them about my father who was 17, who came from Italy with $25, and this is a beautiful country. And despite what Donald Trump says, who? <laughs> this is a I've heard of that guy. Co- country, and you can be whatever, you know, you can be anything you want. Yeah. And that was a turning point for me. Mm. Because you didn't I knew what I I knew my job was see I was climbing the mountain uh, the corporate ladder and I was I got five uh, promotions in five years one every year I didn't know you know and I was always afraid don't be afraid to be afraid oh write that down Callie what what were you afraid of uh, Every new assignment, every new challenge. Because you didn't know your capacity or because no, you were afraid because of because you don't know what, can you do that? Yeah. You have to do it even when you think you can't do it. Yeah. That's the secret of success. Shh, don't tell anybody. <laughs> hey, for our millions of listeners out there, you just revealed a big secret. One of the many I'm sure we're going to hear tonight that's very valuable. Yeah. But so, were you, now are these things that, were you taught these things, like about stretching your muscles, about setting out to be, you know, different? You had a great quote that you said to me on the phone the other day about being committed to never, be, I know, um, or never do anything that you weren't afraid to do, which is what you're talking about right that, now. Did yes. you, did you, were you taught because, that? Or was no. that in, intuitive? Well, you? well, my mother gave me a great deal of courage. My mother said when I was 17 and 18, isn't it time you left? You know, go. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Marie, see that? That's a door, that's, and then you walk yeah, out into the that world. That sounds different from a Jewish mother. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> she was fabulous. And so she said, she instilled in me this thing I couldn't, I could do anything I wanted to do. I didn't believe it, mm. but I had to live it out. Mm. Yeah, acting as if, and you know, sometimes it doesn't even become easier. We were talking before we all got together, you listeners and us. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a fireside (laughs) chat. (laughs) Yeah, Um, and you know, my brother goes wherever I go, and I do a lot of lectures abroad, and uh, and uh, I'm always terrified the night before and I make him crazed <laughs> he used to have a full head of hair uh, <laughs> so now Sorry. he now so now it's um, cropped for all you, of you people yes. can't see. so now um and then the next morning it's time you get on stage and there it is it happens because Just. because you want to give them something just like you are doing on this episode, you're giving people a lot, and we appreciate having you. We're going to go to another break, and when we come back, we're going to hear about how you became Dr. Marie on your way to your doctor. You're listening to talkradio.myc. Keep listening. Welcome back to the Robin Kelly Show. Everyone's dancing. Here's what I love. Marie's We're like dancing, dancing in the studio. Phil's dancing. We're all dancing in the yeah. studio. <laughs> so welcome back. We're talking. Welcome back to the pate. Yeah. It does feel like that tonight. It's really nice. Um, so we're talking with my beloved friend and neighbor, Dr. Marie Volpe. I love saying doctor. You know, I usually just call you, hey, no, hey neighbor. Shouldn't, one shouldn't use it. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's gauche. A, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll get we'll get to why you're so gauche in a moment. Then. Um, if anybody would like to join the conversation, we're covering a lot here. You know, this is a this is a vast 
we're really covering a you know your a life and all your um, life lessons but if you'd like to join the conversation call in ask a question of our wise sage in the off in the um in the studio tonight the number is 877-480-4120 and now they're having a side conversation right don't so, let me interrupt so marie's asking what i asked during the break which was this whole of course thing i can't remember <laughs> right. yeah well join the crowd yeah we're all getting older so no just this idea that you know you were trying to find a new purpose and and find your new identity in midlife and we were going to talk about after exxon yep. you ended up getting your doctorate well, yeah. What happened? There was. Go, well, go ahead. You want because there you you came well, to a major the, transition during during my Exxon my corporate days. The goal, the objective, or the purpose in life was to climb the mountain. To, I didn't know what was on top of the mountain. So I'm talking about the need for movement, which I believe today. If somebody said to me, "What's, you know, how do you understand life?" It is the process of continually recreating yourself. And in that process of recreating yourself, you know you're moving. You have to move. And so we don't, because we don't want to be stagnant, because then we're all going to die anyway, and then we're going to be ultimately stagnant forever for a long time. Anyway, um, so. uh, Where were you? Yeah, <laughs> I say this to my students. We were um, talking about memory. And, oh no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. no, no. I say this to my students. I'm like, Where the hell was I? <laughs> oh yeah, you were talking about. So, um, so my purpose originally was to climb this mountain, and so I got to the top of the secretarial pool there, working for a director of the company. This is a big deal, and um, that looked like, was I that aggravated him so much. I said, I want to be a professional. I want a desk and a phone and an office. Because you Gosh, didn't have darn any it. Of that. No, uh, of my own. Right. My, I was an appendage, right. you know, to right. him. Wow. So, Even at that anyway, point, wow. and so, he, but he believed in me because he knew I was a good worker and smart. So, I shouldn't say that, but. Well, you were. Uh, anyway, so what happened was that I, uh, I got. Um, I got a job in human resources, and I went there, and I had no idea what I... I didn't understand the language they were speaking, nothing. I didn't know anything what they were doing or how to do it. Um, And all the other colleagues in the department (laughs) didn't view me as a threat because I had come up through the ranks, and they came through Wharton School of Business and Cornell and those places. So, All right, you were homegrown and not college-educated. Oh, no. We need to point that out. I, I... when I, w- when I was 38, I only had a college educa- a high school education, 38. And so my mother had died, and I said, now, because I, had, I took care of her because she had Alzheimer's and, um, until the very end. And then, um, so then at 38, I said, it's my time to go to school. And I got a, an associate degree and a bachelor's degree in three and a half years. I got a master's degree in 18 months. And by the time I was 50, I enrolled, enrolled in the doctoral program. Now, this is while you're still working. Yeah, they paid for everything. Yeah, so that's just a little busy. Yeah. Now, how, where, were you, where, was, where were the boys in all this? Because that's the Which other thing. Which boys? You know, the, one, the ones in my know? life were those guys. <laughs> the ones in your life. There are just so many. Not your brother. <laughs> oh, the brothers? Yeah, well, because that's the other thing, too. I don't want to hey, digress too much. So, but this you know, is, the brothers come from Jersey, and they said, oh, you know what? You think you're so smart just because you go to college. Because I was the only one. Does that mean they were threatened? No, because I won them over. Mm -hmm. And every Sunday after Mass, they'd come. Everybody go to my mom's uh, or my dad's, at that time, my dad's apartment. And I would give little lectures on what I was learning, like Freud and Jung. Oh, sharing. Wow. And my brother's. And my sister-in-law, who worked in a sweater factory, and, you know, her job was to, like, fold 40 dozen 
you know, sweaters a day. Um, they were enthralled by this. Huh. And they wanted to know more. And mm. it was like fabulous. And that's when I began to know what I really enjoyed doing. Anyway, so um, I used Which to, was what? Was being a teacher or? Uh, being a learner. Yeah. Um, so then I'd go to school and I'm always raising my hand. And this professor got all... I was annoying him. You know that. Don't be ordinary. So I'm always raising my hand. He started ignoring me. And the woman down the other end of the class said, she raised her hand. She said, oh, Marie has something to say. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody needs a representative. (laughs) Right, right. So anyway, um, where... what do I'm where are we say? going with this? Where are we going? Where are we going? So, uh, no, we went. No, so I got to get to, yeah, to your transition, yeah, like your so, life transition, so, which was a so midlife now, moment. Yes. So I'm in the doctoral program, and just then it's time for me to retire because I'm, you know, so um, I because got, you're, you know, what? I'm uh, over the hill forty. I'm fifties. All oh, right, 50, I'm sorry, fifty. Fifty-five then, okay. and I retire. Okay, because that's not with an insane thing to be fifty and retire. I just need full to point benefits, that out. Yeah. and yeah. then here's what happens. Oh God, now you got to recreate yourself. So we have this wonderful, huge promenade down underneath our building, and I would walk around at six o'clock every morning, walking around and around, saying, "Well, what will I do? What will I do?" Because my identity was so associated with. Oh, yeah, I'm in human resources. I'm a manager of education and development. I was managing a huge training center. Wow. Did you know that you were identifying? Did you, did, were you, did, did you know how deeply entrenched you were in identifying yourself with that? Yes. You did? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I knew. So you knew you were that feeling lost when you were, when you were so leaving. So then... Um, uh, then, so then it dawned on me one day through a conversation with a wonderful friend that, you know what, I got to let this unfold. The next thing that will happen will happen. Yeah. But uh, because we're human beings and not human doers. I remember yeah. you shared this story with me in the last year when I was you know probably crying on your shoulder one morning about the inertia i was feeling after Mm -hmm. having um um, had my job my my last uh, full-time job eliminated and just the the struggles that i've been going through and i remember you telling me that story because i felt so inert like what do i do i don't know what move to make and can't make things happen and you said sometimes it's just a matter of letting something show itself and then just saying yes and i and be receptive but this idea of receptive is um not passive it's you know you you have to be looking and inquiring and inquisitive and asking questions and being interested in other people and what they're doing and and you and you learn you know and you get ideas from other people in my case, what happened, I'm so preoccupied, dear listeners, right now, because I think I sound like Carol Channing. <laughs> <laughs> Could you give me some feedback? Uh, that's I mean, funny. That is funny. I, I really, all you my life, I really only wanted to do one thing, and that was to be a blues singer. Oh, are we setting up uh, a whole digression now? You really, all right, so we're basically no, going to so table the rest of your story and we're going to so anyway, do a little sing-along? We was like, and what happened Let's then? Get to you Sam, what happened then? You <laughs> 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 were with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that promenade, that's the same promenade. Yeah, the promenade. And right. one day, one day, the, um, because uh, I had been in the doctoral program, did I have my degree? Yeah, I think I had my degree. And um, the, the department chair called me up and she said, we got this big problem, you know, and could you come and do uh, a, a kind of a, um, uh, an analysis of what's going on from recruiting to admi- admissions? And so I, I prepared the world's longest flowchart 
by hand. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those flow charts like yep. pinned up. Have in you really? Oh, she right. does them for the oh building. Oh my God. Well, and she does them now that. for her students. Okay. Yeah, it's a, and, it's a uh, piece of next art. Next thing you know, so then she says, oh, then they, I did a presentation and they loved it. Here again, competence, competence. And then they said, okay, you got, would you work for us? And I said, sure. And I worked two years uh, full time at the college. And then I said, you know what? And I was teaching at night and I said, because See, in training and development as a manager, I was also teaching at, at, at Exxon. So anyway, teaching seemed to be a theme. Was the theme? Yeah, even mm. though right, yes, even though it came in different forms. Yes, yeah. that, that's right. We're all teachers of one another. Yeah. I say before every lecture, no matter where I am in the world, I open it the exact same way, and I say to my students, I can learn as much from you, each of you, in this room. And there might be a couple of hundred people in the room as you can learn from me. Why do I say that? Because you each have different experiences. I know nothing about the things you know Growing up on a farm and milking cows, I don't know As Rob what did. order is. <laughs> <laughs> there was milking the cows in New Jersey, and um, but but this is an important <laughs> important concept. Yeah, the exchange. And what happens in academe is that they speak a language of exclusion. They don't want you to know what the hell they're talking about. Hmm. So I got to learn now another language. I had Exxonese. I had Italian. <laughs> I could speak like the New Jersey kids. <laughs> now I had to learn Academies. Um, I, you know, you have to understand it. You don't have to speak it. Um, but I developed, because of that, an insistence on demystifying the process. I didn't want every doctoral student who, who went to go through what I was going through. And so I wrote a book demystifying the doctoral process, which is in its third, third edition, edition. Yeah. since 2008. Yeah. Good for you, Marie. Wow. Yeah. Big, big time. Why? Because you got to write plain. Did you ever read a book, listeners? I want to make. <laughs> you're gonna bring. You're pulling them in. Yes, you're pulling them in. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever read a book, a textbook? Those of you who are going to school, and you read a paragraph, and you have to read it twice and say, "What the hell are they saying? What are they talking about?" You should not have to read any paragraph anywhere twice and with that we're now going to have a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> and just to let everybody know the, the, the dr marie show will be on next week <laughs> all right so just very quickly when we get when we come back we're gonna hear some of your takeaways for life lessons we're going to talk about the worldwide tribe that you've amassed and we're going to talk about why i admire you so much because you won't say it for yourself we'll be right back Wow. You know, we have to do outtakes like breaks or leading into the next segment because yeah. it gets pretty pretty interesting stuff yeah. in here. Yeah, I think we just had a little um a little love match made between Sam and Marie. There's a little and with respect to Sam's beautiful wife who just happens to not be here right now. Yeah. It sounds like um there's a little bit of a mutual admiration society being formed here and it's very sweet to see. There we go. As we would say, as our people would say, a little shidach. Is that the, right? The proper Yiddish pronunciation for like a fix up. Um, so welcome back to the Robin Kelly show. Um, if you'd like to join us, you can give us a call at 877-480-4120. There's so much to cover with you, my dear. And I feel like now um, I w- I'm going to say this because I don't think that you will. I know, first of all, the amount, the imprint that you've made with your students. Well, number one, at, at Columbia University and the teacher's college there. The imprint that you've made with students, the lives that you've changed, these are a lot of things that you're not going to say because you're way too modest. But the other thing that's always been so fascinating to me, especially as a single woman who has never 
um, been married or had children of your own is that you've created your own tribal family around the world where you're mm. often summoned to speak in foreign countries where you don't even speak the language and people laugh, where you have students come from all countries all over the world to stay with you and your brother while you help them with their, um, their dis- with, right, with getting their doctorate, their dissertations. <laughs> so, thanks for helping me with the academic uh, ease. Um, and it's just, it's so beautiful to see because Callie's still working on her family. application to start her <laughs> I'm doctorate. Still, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm still working on the signature on the SAT. I'm like, Callie, you spelled that wrong. She's like, darn, I'm never going to get into school. <laughs> I'm in the school of Marie. That's my, my school. We're um, in the school of life here. Yes, the school of life. So, so with that, and you don't have, you know, I, first of all, did I represent properly i mean you you know I, i'm fascinated by that because I, I think it's a really beautiful thing to find different ways to create your tribe when you've broken out of so many constructs and avoided so many constructs and See, you've made your own rules they're my children i know oh and with every completed dissertation send them off down the river with love with love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and let them go and let them fly and be proud of them but uh, as an advisor and I've uh, been an advisor to way over oh maybe 50 60 students the advisor then there is a whole raft of students that are in my course courses and then there are uh, other students to who I'm a second reader and even when I'm the second reader, you know how I am. I'm like the advisor because the advisor's too busy. You know those academics. Oh, they're very busy. Oh, that's right. So you get all the overflow is what you're saying. Uh, uh, well, and you just do it sort of unofficially. They're too busy to give advice. Yeah. You know, <laughs> too busy advising oh, to advise. Jesus, what if some of them are listening? Who I cares? was thinking about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I just... I just uh, shut the door to my class and I say, whatever stays in Vegas stays here. Or whatever happens there will happen here, too. I guarantee it. No. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot goes down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But but anyway, um, so take away, take away. Oh, don't, don't stop dreaming about tomorrow. Now I sound like him. Bill Clinton. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just say Fleetwood Mac. Uh, it's a but, great tune, yeah. Fleetwood Mac. But, but don't, don't. You know what? Next year passes, and the next year, and the next, and it's five years, and it's ten, and a whole decade passes. So do it. Whatever you want to do, whether that's quit your job and work in, you know, Ethiopia, wherever that is. <laughs> <laughs> the food's good. Yeah. Hey, we have a few people from Ethiopia listening right now, yeah. so watch your words. No, yeah, no, but anyway, um, do if you want to get out because you can't stand your job. Just think about that. Think about being unhappy in your job. No, you have to be happy in life make yourself happy it's not always happy we all have you know heartaches and uh, and trials and tribulations and losses of love of life um but you you have to put a smile and you have to get through and you have to keep moving and you do whatever it is you dream of doing whether it's a, being a ski instructor or going back to school, call me up. I'll help you. <laughs> and she will. I'm sure and she I will. will. Yeah. You can Google me. Google? Yeah, Google me. <laughs> and is that wrong? Google. Sure. Wait, no, do you, making lots do you, of wait, do you put raisins in that Google? <laughs> yeah, Google, Google me, and you'll get my email. <laughs> And send me, and oh, you'll also at the same time see how cute I am. <laughs> <laughs> I had an ulterior motive. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I'll help you. Because you're available now, right? No. Are you dating anybody in the building? I got 12 advisees. Oh, no, I'm not dating. Okay. No. Are we available? All right, so we're me available. And the, me and the assistant super, we're finny. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so, all right. So, yeah, we should put that out there. If people do want to contact you, do you have an email? Yes. Dr. Dr. Maria dot dot. The dots are important. Dot. Marie Volpe altogether at Verizon.net. Really, email me. I'd love to hear from you. What's, You're going to be so sorry. You just what's did another that. 400 emails? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fastest draw in the West. I give feedback. You know what happens? Because I heard, if you don't mind my saying this. Not at all. Go right at Rob, Please go right I ahead. I heard some. Anybody who calls me sweet Rob can pretty say, much do anything or say anything. That's because I'm setting you up for the kill. <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. <laughs> here it is. Because um, you made some slight references to stereotypical ageism, right? Um, but, oh shit, I forgot. <laughs> did you forget so, your thought? Your no, no, thought? wait. So, you know, oh, I did forget. So, w- we were just talking about the fact that. Now I'm forgetting. It's almost like you were. We were talking about and joking around about the fact that what were we? Now I forget. I don't know. I oh just God. work it's, here. It's what the, this it's, means? It's that no kind of. It's that no kind of episode. No one was paying attention. All right. How about if I steer? You know what they say? If you just the, the butterfly will land on you if you just stay still without trying to catch it, right? So why don't just you know, one of the things I'd like to move to is the fact that next year is your 80th milestone birthday. Next August. 80 years on the planet. Right. And, and also I there's have, other reasons that, that yeah. it's significant so what you're going to do. I have 12 advisees <laughs> and eight of whom, four are just neophytes in the beginning of the process. Eight of them are very, very likely to, uh, to graduate by next May. Unheard of. For a faculty person, this is really going to piss them off. (laughs) (laughs) That seems to be the goal. I know, right? Oh, wait. I remembered what you were talking about. We were talking about ageism. Yes. And we were talking about that. So do you remember yeah, yeah, um, what your thought was? Yeah, um, not you yet. You started off no, sweet Rob and yeah, and then you lost it. Yeah. You know, I have that effect on women. Like they start yeah. talking and they completely right. forget what they were talking about. So I'll get Let's back get to, to your party. Let's get to yeah. your party because we need so to. So the we party don't have, quickly, we the party because you're all invited. <laughs> no, be careful. Don't give out the location of your party. Let's no, no, talk no, about no. it first. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't I've do that never yet. done this okay. before, Callie. How do I know what the rules are? So we talked about, we don't really have that many rules here. Oh, okay. So really what you're planning on is a celebration oh, so, of life party well, for all you of your see, loved ones. There are, there are eight advisees. We will make history at Teachers College. Hmm. History. That's amazing. Great. No one has ever had eight. Auspicious number During eight. During my 80th year on the planet. And my birthday's in August, That's August right. 10th, for those who would want to send a card. <laughs> yeah. We go so, yeah, so you and Callie are co-Leos. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm going to have this spectacular party. You can come. He can come. You can come. Thanks. Thank you. Fantastic. You can all come. And the no, not is, you. I mean, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, is, we'll have people there in spirit. So yeah, it's $95 a person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, now you're going to be making money on this party. I see, I see where you're going. So in closing, because we have to in wrap closing, up. In closing. Um, the idea of celebrating it, people's it. lives. What's um, your final oh, thought? Age, final age. thought. Final um, thought. Don't, it's not about age. It has nothing to do with age. It's never too late. It's never. That's it. Thank you, Rob. Sure. It is never too late. My God, I have a woman who's 60 in the doctoral program, one of my advisees. I have enormous respect for her because it's living every single moment until the candle flickers and burns out what a nice way to end this I episode know, so poetic let's dr marie thank you so much for being here tonight I'm, we I'm really appreciate it down now <laughs> <laughs> thanks everybody for listening to another episode of the robin callie show you know, the headphones they're very they make your ears sweat 
that that's right. We're almost off the air. So if you want to contact us, you can contact us at hello at the Robin show.com. We'll be here next Tuesday, eight to nine on talkradio.myc. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye bye. Nice meeting you all.